Welcome, good fighters. Coming to you live with a whole lot of connection, attention, and purpose. This is Dr. Nat Stavros from Ames, Iowa. We got Dr. Gates Mayor in the house, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Gates, what's happening, my brother? Dr. G is in the building. Did you ever watch that show, Dr. G Medical Examiner? Never heard of it. I think it was on like the Explorer. What's that? The Explorer Discovery? Explore Discovery Channel. <laughs> there you go. I wanted to say Explorer Channel, and I knew that one. Right? National Geographic? Nat Geo. No, no, it was on Discovery Channel. It was called Dr. G Medical Examiner. So I need to be like, Dr. G. Well, I guess it could be Art Thief, but. <laughs> I'd watch. I'd watch that for sure. Chiropractic Phenom. <laughs> I got a little something about Dr. Leilani that, like, I'm oh, slightly shit. concerned. I don't know if anybody else uh, listening to this has any of these. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's disturbing behavior, but she likes to watch Dr. Pimple, Par- Pimple Popper. Bro, there are so many people that do that. I don't Bro, know. Why. Shit's so it's nasty. the most disgusting thing. I could, I could like, like it's just white blood cells. I'm like, whatever. It's still gross. It's not. Yeah, it is gross. It's, it's, it's uh, it is, and it's a, a natural process, I guess you could say. Not so much the popping part, though. I don't know. People just come up with some weird stuff, man. And it's kind of like, how did you get to that point? Right. It's like a deterrent for me ever trying to look at her feed. Because I just know that there's like something. <laughs> you know, like, there's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be some like ingrown hair or some like. Oh no! That's why that she... That's why we're not done topics, bro. Yeah, case in point. So. Oh no! I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that. Uh, not my not my cup of tea. Whenever yeah. I'm uh, scrolling through or or on the YouTube. I do kind of. Like I am on the YouTube. I'm watching the Good Fighters podcast. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, I'm subscribed all day, all day, baby. Quick shout out if you're not subscribed, please subscribe to our channel. And you- we are on your favorite iTunes or excuse me, favorite podcast provider. Subscribe and leave us a review as well. That'd be sweet. If you didn't yeah. know, we have already had one review. Best podcast ever of all time. Of all time, sorry, all times, <laughs> multiple so, timelines. Follow that up. Yeah. Everybody good listening. luck. Um, I did kind of want to touch on something today, though, because I've seen. So, just being on social media, it's a part of the culture, and it's part of it's a tool. At the end of the day. Yeah. And I wanted to get your thought process on it, Doctor Gates. But For what's sure. your thought process on the current? Uh, popularity of most chiropractors most youtube or social media chiropractors um what are some trends that you notice like do you like them dislike them um more specifically what's your thought process on the adjustment being on on video yeah you know we got like a lot of uh we come from a unique place in terms of like we know what's happening in adjustment and we also know like how we like to practice as chiropractors. So it's kind of, it's hard to remove myself in, in a general public sense. Um, so when I see social media chiropractors out there, I'm, I'm always one for like, man, I wish they would kind of go into more like, not just like just straight up adjusting, but go into some more stuff, maybe like more thought provoking stuff, but then maybe it wouldn't be as popular. I don't know. Um, 
on one hand, I, you know, it's like a love hate relationship because on one hand, I love the fact that people out there can kind of see, you know, what we do. Like I get, I get people that come in all the time. They're like, I've never been to a chiropractor before. And I'm like, okay, um, have you ever seen a chiropractic adjustment done before? And they say, yeah, on YouTube. (laughs) Um, usually I'm quite wide. Yes. I, and usually what I, I, what I say when that happens is, well, I'm probably not going to do anything they do I do on there <laughs> for the most part. Um, but in terms of, you know, it's nice that they can kind of see what to expect. Like they know that there's potentially going to be a cavitation because for some people that freaks them the crap out, especially in the neck. Right. Okay. So they know that there's going to be some type of cavitation. Um, and then, you know, it does provide like a, uh, a route for me to kind of go deeper in that sense. But, into what an adjustment actually is but i got this hate relationship too when and i think you and i are probably on similar spectrums of that of this that i don't like popping everything under the sun you know to me that's not necessary that's not an adjustment um and i see that as a common trend in chiropractic youtubers um not everybody's like that i mean i have a couple of my favorites personally like Anytime Dr. Brett Jones is dropping anything on YouTube, some, some flow, some artful flow, that, those are usually my favorite because when you watch them adjust, not, I mean, I hardly have ever seen them. I've, I've never seen them adjust somebody the same way for sure compared to, compared to maybe like some other uh, social media chiropractors. Um, but there, so there's a few out there that I do like, and I like the fact that the general public kind of gets a glimpse into our world. But I do not like some of the way that it is um, practiced sometimes. I got a, I got a pretty, um, it's not a keen eye. What's the phrase I'm looking for? I mean, keen eye, if it's, if it's what I'm, you know, hearing from you, but you know what to look for, right? And like, I'm, yeah, I know what to look for, but I guess like under our training that we've had, it's just like maybe more like, um, analytical or i'm picky i'm, I'm sure. picky in what i in what i look for and how i'm adjusted too and i mean um i didn't always used to be like that i mean i i i came up when i first found chiropractic it was flying seven so and i still felt freaking phenomenal so can you explain flying seven to maybe somebody yeah. that doesn't know flying seven is yeah for all the good fighters out there flying seven is when you go to a chiropractor and they pretty much adjust everybody the same way so it's two adjustments in the low back um maybe one in the mid back two in the neck and then uh wait (laughs) i can't count two low back one mid back two in the neck five where do we get seven from i'm missing something ct maybe because ct doesn't they oh ct junction so yeah. that's that makes sense uh it took me a minute because i haven't i haven't got a flying seven in a hot minute so um but that's that's a term that we use for chiropractors who just kind of adjust everybody the same way and don't get me wrong sometimes that, i mean that the human body is amazing because some for some people that does work and it works you know still great it's just not the way that i like to practice um i don't i don't feel that my life is fulfilled and i don't feel like i'm fulfilling the life of my patient as much when i do that so you know didn't mean to interrupt but yes um i yeah so being in like the same you, you called it spectrum 
I think one thing that the the love and hate that I have with it, the love is very similar to yours that I, I appreciate art, right? And mm, with the yeah. art art form that we practice, there are some really good artists out there. And to get to showcase that art and to showcase the, the beauty the beauty of our art is I think that's a big plus for what we get to do. Right. Now that being said, um I, I don't hate's a little strong that I hate, but hate is a little strong. Yeah. I I think it distracts from the principle of what we're working with. And that's the, the power of innate intelligence, the power of life. Because it's not about cavitations. It's not about uh, the, the chiropractor. It's about that innate intelligence inside that person mm-hmm. at work. And operating with less interference. And when right. the body can do that, you know, sky's the limit. Uh infinite possibilities expect miracles and you don't even need to have a, have a cavitation to make that happen that's really true i mean shoot i've seen eight ca- we've seen eight cavitations in one segment before yeah most people probably listening are like if they're chiropractic student they're like, you're, freaking, you're freaking lying but yeah, i'm telling no. you i did not believe it and then i saw it and i was like what the frig yeah so so would would you would you would you become a internet Cairo or how, whatever name you want to get social media chiropractor? I don't think it's like becoming, it's just like, um, I think that, like I said, it's a tool, right? So if you're going to use the tool to express who you are authentically, I think it's cool. But like, as I, I think there's an element that you need to um, honor and gratify what we're working with. Because right. it's not about the cavitation. It's not about the the release, at least um, that vestibular cochlear release or that, uh, I don't know, the release from that person having like a, oh my gosh, like experience, but like um, that release of innate intelligence being able to right. work its magic. Right. And um, I, I prefer a surgical approach in that, uh, it, it's very precise, and I, that's almost uh, oxymoronic when I say surgical <laughs> in that sense. But like, um, we think about like scalpel, <laughs> scalpel type things. Um, one person that comes to mind for me is Dr. Jeremy Brook, or he yeah. uh, he does that all the time. Well, yes, he does. <laughs> um, but quick and like clean, crisp, like mm. one bone, one movement, like money shot money shot right so i think the biggest uh issue i would say i have is just the fact that it's distracting from the grand scope and scheme of really what we're doing like we're not in here just to um yeah it might make you feel better but it's way bigger than that right that's just tip the iceberg we're functioning way better we're allowing somebody to be their authentic self and to elevate themselves because when you're authentic with yourself and you're able to interpret whatever you're doing through your own authentic eyes and give your point of view on that and tell your truth that's how you can elevate others around you because right. your authentic point of view is different from anybody else's ever right and yeah. if that can help elevate somebody else and they can see something a little differently because your authentic view is different that's how we kind of keep moving that uh pushing everything forward your tv show instead of dr g medical examiner would be dr nash surgical chiropractor <laughs> wow i hope not God, I hope not. <laughs> I, I mean, 
I think I'd get a little more creative with it if I had a TV show name. Like, yeah, I, you know, one of the, I mean, Thoracic Park would be pretty Thoracic damn awesome. Thoracic Park. Oh my yeah. god, that would be pretty <laughs> money. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't have any uh, others right off the top <laughs> of my head, but I, I think I'd do a pretty good job coming with something creative for a name. I think that's important, though, like you're saying, the authenticity. One one thing that I, I learned from a guy who's – I forget where he's at in Ohio. He's just outside of Columbus. His name's Dr. Ryan Weaver. As you know, he was my answer. Yeah, too. yep. Um, one thing that I admire when I was in there one time, I was shouting him, and somebody was like, hey, Doc, I need you to crack me uh, here. It's been hurting or something like that. And he said, sir, he, he was like, you need me to do what? And they were like, I need you to crack me right here. And he was like, you need me to do what? <laughs> and he just kept saying it until they were like, I need you to adjust me. And I was like, I kind of, I freaking love that. That integrity yeah. for like, it's an adjustment, not just a crack or a pop or like, you know. So I I, I picked up on that. And so I've tried to, and I'm not perfect at, at getting my patients to say that sometimes, but um, I admired his integrity and, um, respect for the profession in that way right on what do you um so when somebody kind of comes to you whether it be somebody in your practice or just somebody in general when you're serving them and like hey i got this pain here i i almost hesitate to even address that because you know more times than not like just hitting the dashboard with a you know wherever they check engine lights on that's not effective right. either right right um and i think it's pretty easy to get sucked into that mindset that like oh it hurts here oh i better adjust whatever that is and that's right. not how the body works either right. um, do you ever have that conversation with somebody yeah i actually just had that this week with somebody who um because they were comparing their experience of pain with a chiro and a PT. And their pain did not go away under the chiropractor's care, but it did go under go away under the PT's care. And so for them, that kind of hindered their profession or their um, view of the chiropractic profession because they were like, well, they didn't do this for me. So, um, you know, I don't see it as, as valuable, basically, in their eyes. So. Mm. So then I was, I was, I was just asking questions, you know, pretty much at the beginning. And then I started going into what chiropractic truly is and how the impact of an adjustment and its recalibration on the nervous system is way more important to me than pain because pain is oftentimes a temporary last symptom to present um issue so anytime somebody comes in with pain I, i'll automatically tell them hey my main goal as a chiropractor is to make sure your nervous system is functioning adequately and to make sure there's no um you know infringement on that nervous system that's taking place through your spine okay if that results in pain is the pain that you might be feeling. It'd be great if that went away and they'd be great if it went away on the first adjustment. But again, that's not necessarily my goal. Okay. 
if let's say I'm adjusting you and the pain doesn't go away, that doesn't mean nothing's happened. Okay. And I always let them know that, that because a lot of times they can get frustrated. They can be like, well, you didn't take care of my pain. So I'm frustrated at you because I've been paying this money and all this kind of stuff. But I, I pretty much laid down at the beginning. Hey, I would love for your pain to go away because I hate for people to suffer. And then oftentimes I do see that happen in my practice. But my main focus is nervous system, which is going to do you more good in the long run than anything. And if you do have pain, then we can work with some other type of profession, hence a PT or something like that, to maybe resolve that pain. Because that's what they deal with. P- I mean, PTs, for the most part, they do, do deal with the pain. So I, I usually preface with them. So I'm going to take care of your nervous system as best as I can, as best I know how. If the pain resolves, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't mean that nothing's happening. So, and I mean, I'll say this so far, I haven't had anybody's pain not resolve. So for know, sure, um, those, those, those miracles, like you said, can be one in that. Um, and then they start to experience even more benefits to where they see, okay, I actually just like, feel like I'm walking better. Or I feel like my head is clear. Or I feel like I'm, my favorite one is people being able to sleep better. Like I, that's probably the number one thing that people come through that like, yeah, I feel like I slept better last night. I didn't need to take ABC. Um, and yeah, I just feel really rested when I wake up. And that's probably the number one side effect that I see in my office from an adjustment. And I, and I forget right. about that because people nowadays, they don't get sleep like they need to. And um, yeah, I know that was very long winded, but no, that's, that's kind of how I address that in terms of letting them know my primary goal. And if it's not going to match up with theirs, then there's always somebody for that. But at the end of the day, I'm going to take care of them in the way that I've been trained in the way that I believe is more fulfilling to their life. Right on, dude. Amen. Let me snap that up, bro. Nice. (laughs) So we had a couple topics that we were kind of discussing before the podcast started today as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And do you want to remind, do you want to kind of go through some of those topics real quick? Yeah, for we sure. Can, uh... um, as you guys can imagine, Dr. Nash being created and me being creative beings that we are, we oftentimes get just a flood of topics that we think about. Um, but I find the main one that we come back to a lot of times is, is us being principled men, principled chiropractors, principled good fighters, principled leaders, um, not only in our practices, but in our communities. And I think in Dr. Nash, we can, obviously we're going to dive in deeper, but I think being principled has a huge impact on today's society and in our life, because a lot of times what I find and, and everybody listening, we've, we've all had this experience to where we have a situation where we don't know what to do with Um, we have a direction where we don't know where to go. We have these decisions that we need to make and we're kind of lost. We're kind of like, well, shoot, this didn't exactly go how I had planned maybe, or um, something happens out of the blue where you're just like, I I don't know how to handle this. So I was telling Dr. Nash the importance of being principled in it's, it's almost in in my mind, like a fail state or, or, or like a fallback in terms of like, okay, I don't know what to do. Let me 
let me go back to my principles. What do, what do I truly believe at my, at my core in my principles to help me be guided in this? And so, for instance, you know, I hate to bring up COVID all the time, but it's the most top of mind. There are things in terms of COVID where we didn't, at the beginning especially, know how to deal with things. We didn't know what to do. People didn't know how to act. People didn't know how to treat one another, more importantly. But when we go back to chiropractic principles, when we go back to um, being principled men in that, those principles have a big guideline for us. But then other ones that we picked up along the way too, we knew exactly what to do from those, not because of fear or merely opinion, because those are fleeting a lot of times. So um, I'm just long-winded today, bro. I'm just... (laughs) No, dude, I... Like I said, I man, I want going. you to, I'll, I'll let you keep going all day long. And I, th- I think especially, you know, obviously this isn't relevant to every single person on the planet because not everybody lives in America. But right. that being said, I think where we live in America, everybody that understands the, the fundamentals of what it be, is to be an American, it's all about principles. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Constitution the, is one big principle document. Right. And when you, you know, to go against those, when somebody says something's unconstitutional, um, their fundamental rights and fundamental um, requirements that are endowed in every American, right? And I think that there's a certain level of principle that comes with being uh, a manifestation of life. And in my, in my uh, humble opinion, at least as far as animal species go, one of the highest forms of intelligent life and our own ability to perceive that greater being greater than us. Cause I don't know any, I don't know any other beings out there that can conceptualize that they're um, part of the whole more than us, but like that we have something that's beyond what we're currently currently experiencing. And that's the principle that we always come back around to because like you said, we're going to have those times where we're not, we're, we're very finite. We're very limited in scope with what we can learn, have learned and will learn. Mm. But there's something infinitely more experienced than we'll ever be and uh, ever could be. And that's at innate intelligence. Yeah. And when we can really truly rely on that as um, the power behind what we're providing, dude, it's liberating as hell. Yeah. Cause yes, I, I haven't seen this before, but um, I do know that you have this power inside you because Look at you here right now. I know your mm-hmm. mom, like conceived in your mom's womb, she didn't put you together, right? She put a lot of love into you and your father put a lot of love into you, but they weren't in there themselves putting cell to cell together, right? Well, even even if they didn't, think about it that way. Even if they didn't, because there's a lot of circumstances with that. And still- Very true. Cells form. Yeah. Right? And we're, we still have the opportunity to go out here and, and make the most of whatever this gift of life means. Yeah. yeah. And um, that power of organization, that doesn't leave us. Right. You know? um, that's organizing all day long, every day. Right. I mean, we've got, we got uh, so many examples that we can, we can take advantage of that we can, I mean, like, and I say take advantage of that we take for granted. Yeah. You know, 100%. you don't have to think about converting oxygen in your body. Right. And if you did, Man, that'd be quite the You'd task die. to do. <laughs> I'd get pretty sick and tired to think about it every single time I took a breath in, you right. know. And 
I mean, the human body is just so complex and so organized in its complexity that it's Boom. simple. Oh, healing's it's no different. That. <gasps> yeah. I love so that. I love, we love going through the principles because they bring so much clarity. When you have clarity, you have certainty. When you have certainty in what you're doing, that's when you can expect miracles too. And Dr. Gates and I kind of came up with, we always look for ways to challenge ourselves and ways that we can, um, you know, get more out of what we're doing in our day-to-day lives. And we thought that this would be a really relevant thing to come, you know, come through with, especially here uh, in 2021, is, especially for chiropractors out there, is the 33 principle challenge. And it's quite simple, but we found that it's, um, especially from Palmer College of Chiropractic, and from what I've heard of um, people that go to Sherman, it's required that all of the staff, you could be the janitor, you could be the cook, you could be a technique teacher. Everybody has to know the 33 principles. Really? Yep. That's crazy. Really. That's cool. That's really cool. And, you know, I think it's the most empowering shit ever. Yep. Because you're not random. Health and life aren't random either. And there's principles to it that you can live by that can really give you a whole lot of empowerment and you can, you can pass it on to people around you. And you know, you're going to get a whole heck out of more out of life when you, when you Mm. live that way. So the 33 principle challenge is really this reading the 33 principles twice a day for 33 days out loud. And my ideal goal, like I was telling Gates before this is I want to be able to rattle off the principles. If I, you know, somebody gave me principle six, right? You mentioned that before, or principle 14 or principle 33 or anything in between. I really want to be able to rattle those off without having to even think about it or really having to go to a book to look it up. Because as chiropractors, when we really are sound with our principles, that goes, that, that leaks in and that, um, that knowledge really transmits to everybody else that we're working with and what we can really provide to people. So <clears throat> Dr. Gates will be going on this uh, 33 principle journey with me. Um, and I think that it's really good. Uh, well, I mean, I've been dipping my toes in. I haven't fully started because I was going to kind of hold ourselves accountable through the right. process. So, um, but, you know, one other part of the process too is, you know, you might get to day six and it's like, gosh, like this is boring. And that's part of the challenge too, to keep yourself attentive, to really keep yourself aware of what you're interpreting with your, when, when you're reading it. And I think the more that we can, you know, come in tune with those principles and the more that we can really become uh, sound with them, we'll really be able to see the parallels in so many different aspects of what those principles can mean to us and what we can, how we can help people understand how those principles relate to them too in their lives. And that's really, really powerful because um, once we're in a rapport with somebody, you know, they can, it's not like, um, we're injecting our, our, our philosophies into somebody else. Mm. All we can do is present them with, um, you know, what we, what we think and believe as true logic. And if they uh, see that as logic themselves and they think about it themselves as an idea, then it becomes their own. They, uh, then they start to believe those same principles and philosophies. Yeah, I think I just want to reiterate, too, that 
you do not have to be a chiropractor to go through this because you, I mean, you learn the principles of chiropractic, obviously, but it's, it is a 33 keys to life. I would say 33 keys to help you organize your life. What I really like about the principles is they go from general and broad don't quite fit what I mean to specific, right? And the major premise is the fundamental base on everything that we believe and understand about life, that there's a universal intelligence in all matter, giving it to all of its Mm. properties and actions, thus maintaining it in existence. And one of my personal favorites is number 14 is universal life being there's universal life and all matter because all matter has motion. And when there's motion, there's life, right? And when you think about the atom, atoms are constantly in motion and there's that universal intelligence constantly giving to its properties and actions those through those physical laws that maintain it in existence. Right. So to me, that's super empowering that like, man, there's so much actual, you know, maybe I'm getting a little metaphysical for some people, Hey, we told, them, we told them episode one, you got to get ready for it, though. <laughs> well, hey, man, you think about, uh, all right, so let's think about it like this, um, nuclear fission or fusion, right? Both, when, they're, when they happen, release immense amount of energy. Mm. And that's just one atom, either splitting or fusing. And that's the amount of energy that universal intelligence is imbuing in every single atom through its physical laws. And how many of those do we have in our body, right? So like how much true potential do we actually have? And I think it's truly quite limitless as long as, um, you know, in the, in the longevity of the human race. Now, um, that doesn't mean that there isn't some limitations in our own actual bodies, but I just think that there's a lot more than meets the eye when it comes to life in the human body and really what reality could be if we weren't so limiting with our own mindsets and uh, scope of what we're trying to do. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think within everything that we do, the more we're able to kind of hone in on things like that, like I said, it doesn't have to just be these 33 principles, but principles in general, you see life a lot more differently too. Mm -hmm. Um, And and in these principles, there's almost a, a subtle motivational factor to, you know, I think as humans, we have an inherent desire obviously to live a life fulfilled right and when you fulfill principles like these you ultimately will fulfill your life because your life becomes more organized everything starts to make more sense in terms of okay instead of because we see it all, all, all the time in today's society where there's a lack of principle there's a lack of authenticity there's a lack of fulfillment there's a lack of uh, of people actually loving their life right mm-hmm. and we got to sit back at some point and be like well why is that are there are there subtle factors that come into play when we talk about health and all that kind of stuff for sure but there's also a a lack of authenticity because you have a lack of principle in your life and you're going willy-nilly at things and instead, that organization, like you had mentioned before, is necessary for life. If you think about how there's an organization for how you were born, how there's an organization for how birds flock to the south, how there's an organization for, uh, you know, water patterns and how the, how the um, water moves across the earth or, or wind, all that kind of stuff. 
and just there is a pattern to everything in life. And the more we're principled, the more pattern we get, the more we will have a life fulfilled. And I think that's something that we need to take a hold of. And can you repeat the the uh, principle that you just mentioned? Uh, was it one or fourteen? Universal. Uh, I think fourteen. Life. So universal life in all matter because there is motion all matter. Right. So if all matter has motion, right? So I think in that principle, we can learn even the, the simple fact of like our body craves motion, our moving cells crave motion. Okay. And that's kind of a motivator, motivator for me, at least I'm like, all right, I guess I got to get moving. Right. I can't, I can't just be sitting still all the time in my life or even um, for me, like I, like we talked about, there's no process that does not require time for me. That's a motivator. And it's, and it's something that's like, okay. If that's a principle that I'm choosing to live by, and if that's a principle that I believe to be true, then why would I try to rush anything? Why would I try? Why? There's no, there's no time that I'll be disappointed because something didn't happen quickly because I already know that there's no process that didn't require time. Right? Dang. Yeah, for sure. It's merited on that. <laughs> that's good. It's very true. It's really easy to get caught up and things aren't happening fast enough. But fact of the matter is they're happening just as fast as they're supposed to be. Okay. I got, um, I got a drop in. Okay. Please. Sorry. Let's just give me a second. Finishing touches. Okay. Live. Let me know your thoughts on this. Initial okay. thoughts. Living a principled process produces patterns of a life fulfilled. Living a principled process produces patterns of a life fulfilled. For sure, dude. I love it. Because when you live principles, there's going to be patterns to how you're going to react to those principles. And you have something to always always stem from always to it's like a, a guide or a roadmap to how to react or how to how to um approach certain things right yeah. is that was that yeah. your intention with it because that's yeah. how i interpret it well and at the end of the day the more you do that like i said like it says in the thing the more you do that you'll recognize those patterns of i freaking love my life this is mm -hmm. this is a great freaking life. You got a lot more gratitude flowing through. You got a lot more thankful attitude for whatever comes your way because you are grateful. I think I think it stems from being grateful that you have principles in the first place that you adhere to. Because we all love when we're like, I'm gonna freaking do it. And when we do it, and maybe I'm just talking about this too, because I got I'm, I've been reading uh Andy Frasella's book for 75 Hard since I've been talking mm -hmm. for it. But he talks about how we always feel more fulfilled when we do some hard stuff. You got to be principled if you're doing hard stuff. You, you can't just like willy-nilly go at it, you know what I mean, to make it to the other side. So, And when you have those patterns built in place, dude, like to some extent you can rely on those patterns because you yeah. know you've been there before. Yeah. Or um, there's a certain uh, level of clarity that you can, that you can kind of tap into when, when shit gets hard that like, hey, um, this is this is something I've experienced before, and I've overcome something like this before, right? So it, for somebody else, with what we're working with, yeah. The human body. I think the more too, like when we talk about dopamine, 
you get a dopamine rush, the more patterns you kind of like sync up, right? And the more we're able to sync up those patterns in our life, the more dopamine we're going to be producing in our life because we're actually producing things that we want to. Um, I did want to touch on real quick a couple things that like maybe they're not pr- principles because we, maybe they're not principles, but they're things to help you live maybe more principled life because yeah. I'm, I'm, I voice message you. Okay, guys, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people leave their carts like in between parking spaces when maybe like 15, 15 feet away, there's a cart thing, like a corral. Um, and that's one of those things where it's like, okay, it's not a principle to put your cart away. But if you are doing things like that and you're going through through life just putting your cart in between parking spaces, that's probably a good identifier that you're not living a life very principled, okay? Because it should seep through other portions of your life. You don't really have room to be lackadaisical in certain areas, you know? Now we all have faults for sure. Like I'm not saying we're going to be perfect, but, you know, that's something where you can maybe use that as a gauge for how principled are you? How, how like, are you putting your card away? Or as Andy Frisella would say, are you wiping the pee droplets on off the seat for you guys for sure. out there? <laughs> um, you know, what what are you comfortable with? And if you're comfortable with these types of things, then you're probably not living a very principled life. But I wanted to throw that in there in case anybody was wondering, what does a principled life look like? Or, or how do you know if you're bearing fruit? How you do the little things is how you do everything. Amen. Right? Like there, there's a paying attention to the details i mean that's that's the difference between winning and losing the details every single time and winning and losing isn't always about games right like there's winning mm-hmm. and losing in life and winning and losing just everything that you can do and winning is one of the most noble things that you can do because it it really inspires others to want to win as well and if you're not doing the little things right you're not winning right not in the long run not not in every uh arena that you're operating in because i don't know who you're looking up to but whoever it is if they're a winner they do the little things right they're not taking shortcuts on the little things yep every time yep because they operate on the on the idea that you leave something better than you found it and that's how i'm trying to that what's your legacy going to be at the end of the mm-hmm. day are you going to leave your space you're going to leave your family you're going to leave uh, this world in a little bit better state than you found it or die trying. I know I'm gonna do my yeah. best to do that. Right. Yeah. And we're not perfect though. Right. I mean, um, failure is not final and sex is, success isn't guaranteed. Every sex isn't successful, guaranteed. <laughs> well, yeah, sex isn't guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> that is, it is not. It that is, is not true. Guaranteed. It is not. <laughs> also a, uh, a fact, you know, but, Every successful, I mean, and I always refer, I mean, I, and this might be a fault of my own that I can't always relate to people that don't understand sports, but uh, there's a beauty behind sports that there's a, a work ethic that you can put in that you can't cheat. Mm-hmm. And then I think that people don't have the opportunity to experience sports that they miss out on that. Yeah. That exact um, reward and effort relationship that you put in because the amount of effort that you put in, you know, um, whatever you're doing, the universe is listening. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that that's a, a big portion. What Whoever you're looking up to, 
unless it's maybe some, uh, in a, you know, I'm not trying to knock anybody's profession, but if you're a movie star or whatever, and like you, you, uh, you're one of these generational movie stars that you're just famous just because you had a Okay. Not a great role model. All right. Um, right. but even the, the athletes that had parents that were, you know, pro- professional stars, at the end of the day, they are putting a lot of work in. And yeah, they might have had a little, couple extra opportunities than somebody else, but still like there's a lot of work being put in that um, it's not, it doesn't come down to, I mean, some of it, you have a little ounce of, you got to be able to see opportunity when it's knocking on the door and you got to answer mm-hmm. that. Take it. But there is a certain level of work that is going to help you get presented with a lot more opportunities. than if you're not putting that work in, I had something from Bruce Lee. I kind of wanted to share because I've been Let's reading this book, striking thoughts, wisdom for daily living by Bruce Lee. And this is on um, one of the chapters talking about adaptability. Okay. So just on the nature of adaptation, it's like the immediacy of the shadow adjusting itself to the moving body. Love that. Mm-hmm. Right. Adaptability. That's what innate intelligence is doing. Innate mm-hmm. intelligence isn't thinking. It's reacting. I mean, it's processing. It is processing, but there is a, um, adaptability that is just as immediate as like your shadow when you, you know, your shadow doesn't have to think, just is. That's how mm-hmm. intelligence works. But um, really, I really wanted to uh, go into it's called this, the parable of the butcher. In daily living, one must follow the course of the barrier. To try to assail it will only destroy the instrument. And no matter what some people will say, barriers are not the experience of any one person or any one group of persons. They're, they are the universal experience. Wow. And I think that comes around to, well, we talk about all the time with uh, the limitations of matter and also um, the, the major premise that there is uh, universal life and that there are these physical laws manifesting this universal intelligence that we have to abide by that create these barriers to which and what we exist. Mm. And um, these aren't specific to just one person or a group of people. They're universal for everybody around us. Right. So if you try to violate those, or if you're violating those, you're out of alignment with the universal intelligence. And what's the subset of that universal intelligence? So that, that innate intelligence within, right? So if you're going against what it, uh, that innate intelligence or uh, what those principles of innate intelligence are, your life's going to show for it too. Yeah. What's the, is it a quote by AJ? I can't remember. Where we applaud a man. I'm going to have to find it. Not ringing any bells for me, Gates, but. Um, I have some. Like we we applaud a man for, or oh, it's it basically goes like this. So when we break rules in society, we put a man in prison, or or we say, hey, you broke the rules. Like you get put in prison, and that's just the way it is. You know, we don't have like a sob story behind it. But in the rule of the universe when when we break the rule of the universe in terms of health we sob for that person or like mm. we cry for them when they break those 
break those universal rules in terms of not treating their knee or not treating their body as they should. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it goes to show that there's this thing, and I'm not saying that you can't feel bad for people, but at the same time, there has to be a congruency with it in terms of you can't applaud people for not taking their health seriously, or you can't applaud people for not listening to their knee or being congruent, congruent with their knee. You have to understand that not everybody gets a participation trophy in health. Mm-hmm. You need to be congruent in what a knee is trying to do in your life because it is principled. And when you are not principled, your knee is going to suffer the consequences. There's transactions, man. Like There's transactions. Uh, yeah, positive exactly. and negative. And what's your balance looking like when you're uh, co- consistently taking draws that are negative and you're not putting anything back in? To balance that yeah. count out. Yep, you can't um, be taking loans all the time without ever paying them back. Right. If you if you're if you're constantly going against those barriers of life, sooner or later those barriers are gonna push back. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's a good one. That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, I wish I had the quote like exactly, but it's something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I just think like, you know. We get we get in this state of society in this state of you know acceptance for lack of we just accept the monotony or the mediocre because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Right. Which like I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but at the same time, if you're mediocre, you're mediocre. Okay. Like I'm not gonna say I'm not going to get paid if I'm a crap chiropractor. Okay. Right. For sure. You know, nobody's going to come into my office if I'm not at the end of the day, getting outcomes or getting results, even though I'm freaking look like a million bucks. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody gets results. Nobody is going to come in. So I think there's like a, you know, in in the systems that we have set up, I think there's a, a takeaway that we can make from from COVID, that's a positive one. That like we don't have systems in place that have that have people um, getting fulfilled in their own jobs. And I'm not even talking about health. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the financial side that everybody's taking these payments, and not wanting to go back to work. Why is that? Big time, dude. Big Why time. is that? Because we have these systems in place where somebody's doing a job they don't even like to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot of that comes back around to. We don't have we don't have any sort of method towards developing somebody's true ability to figure out how they can do something that they love to do for their life and to uh, uplift not just themselves but people around them because when you do something yeah. you love you're not working and right. you'll work every day of the week and it won't feel like work at all and if imagine if everybody could do that right I know we're super lucky because we got um, we got led to a path that brought us to something greater than ourselves that we could help others with. And I can't think of a uh, a better place to be. Yeah. Now I know Especially people right feel now. the same. I know people that feel the same way about you know selling houses or doing real estate. And that's awesome. Right. I just know that there's a lot more people on the other side of the spectrum that are doing stuff that they don't like to do. Right. Um, I've been reading a lot of that. Be so good they can't ignore you. Mm-hmm. Can't remember who the author is right now, but one of the things that he literally opens up the book where with like this, this concept of like either doing, doing what you're doing, what you're most passionate about can sometimes be 
a detriment for us. Mm. And I think we're kind of seeing the effects of that. Something you just said that sparked that was we have so many people that are passionate about a certain things, but there's, but if everybody's passionate about it, you know, you kind of have to be cream of the crop essentially. Right. But it also kind of creates this um, vacuum of like, if you're not doing what you're passionate about, then you automatically suck at whatever you're doing, you know, or, or like you, you will never be fulfilled if you're not doing what you're passionate about, which granted there's, there's a portion of that that does apply, but in his main scheme that he's trying to help people discover is that the more you are a craftsman, what you do, whatever it is, the more you're able to find a, a, a lot more fulfillment in that job until you can basically what he calls it cashing in on your career capital. So like, let's say you have another thing that you want to work towards and you're being, let's say you work at McDonald's and you're passionate about doing something else. Well, you have to also be a craftsman at both of those things at the same time until the crap, the career capital of whatever it is that you actually want to do outweighs the career capital that you have at flipping burgers at McDonald's, which there's nothing wrong with that, but you still got to be a craftsman at that to, to, you know, actually love what you do. So yeah, I think we have that vacuum of today's society where like we're told just do what you're passionate about. And when it doesn't happen for people or they don't know how to go about it, it produces this humdrum. What was me? Not wow is me type of life. For sure. And it kind of can come back around to, you know, there's no, there's no process that doesn't require time that you got to give yourself the opportunity to, get there right 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 to have, have that time to let that uh whatever project you're working on to, to manifest and come to be if you're truly investing the work yep. required for it yep because there's a it's not like a, a cut and paste thing that it's just this easy because everybody's different everybody's passions are different right if you are doing something that you're not 100 percent invested in you're working towards something else you still should be doing that to the utmost of your ability yeah. I think if I had that mindset back when I was working in like factory or, you know, scooping ice cream or doing all this kind of stuff, like it just makes that mentality. Like even now when I'm like, if I had to do that and I had that mentality, it would make it way more bearable than constantly thinking about what I'm passionate about, you know, you know and not, not doing it. When I was washing dishes in high school. Oh, yeah. Yes, like two, years? two years, and then I got I got promoted. To cook. Hey, hey, <laughs> came out of the mud. Two years, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but you know, dishwasher is not an illustrious job, and me being uh, sixteen years old, man, I was not going in there like, boy, I can't wait to get in there and wash some dishes. You know, dream uh, job, baby. Right, dream job, career. Sign me up, four hundred one k. <laughs> and I, what were you, you know, getting paid at the time? Uh, eight dollars an hour. So, uh, you got a lot of people nowadays that are uh, not all too stoked about making, you know, even anything $10. under ten. Yeah, right. Um, but you know, my grandma, uh, you know, she always come into the restaurant and like try to support the restaurant. At the same time, I'm like, can you not come in here and eat so I have to wash your dishes? But uh. You know, she told me that my manager would say this, that I was the best dishwasher I ever had. She had a lot of pride in that. And, you know, 
at the time I didn't really appreciate it, but she still tells me how she remembers that. And for me at the time, you know, all I knew was I grew up in an environment that, you know, when I was working, you know, I was working hard and I wasn't, uh, you know, maybe I not have, might have been the most enthusiastic about washing dishes, but, you know, I was working my butt off. And, you know, when it comes to doing stuff that you don't like to do, even if you work your butt off, you're going to, you know, at the time I was just trying to get the work done so I could relax a little bit. But my grandma had a lot of pride in me being the best dishwasher that the brown bottle ever had. And in that It's called time, the brown I, bottle? Yeah, the brown bottle. Oh, nice. Good restaurant, man. RIP, though. They're not open anymore. Um, Pour one out. Yeah, but you know, I I, I was just um, you know the ultimate theme that I was just getting around to is that you know you can you know your time is your time, and you're the ultimate master of your of your own actions. And if you're not going to put the work in, then you're selling yourself short. Even if it's something you don't want to do, put the work in anyway, right? Mm. Why not? What are you saving it for? Yeah. You're spending your time doing it anyway. <laughs> you might as well do it to be the hundred percent best of whatever you're doing. Yeah. So um, there's always the a bar lesson high. in that. Well, yeah, set the bar high, right? Um, I'm always trying to set high records, high scores. Yeah, I might not get them, but if I'm not trying, then I'm wasting my time. And if mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be a better, you know, if I'm not trying to work my butt off washing dishes, then I'm wasting more of my time. So the more dishes I got done, the better I would do them. I wouldn't have to wash them again quicker I'd be done not actually get to spend my time doing something I really like to do right um and maybe I'd get promoted to do a job I like to do a little bit more than washing dishes which I did um so that was a good lesson for me when I was 16 years old that on my weekends you know during football season during basketball season I was washing dishes um not awesome not a cool job but you know, <laughs> I made a extra money on the side luckily I worked with some really great people that made it a lot of fun and uh i learned a pretty good lesson that uh you know there's not glamorous jobs and what it what it takes to earn a dollar and i think there's a pretty big disconnect from that that's still stemming from the shutdown that people are just still disconnected for i mean some people that are just still taking unemployment which i get you're making more money through unemployment than you are your job i get that and people have kids i get that too i just got pride in my time and what i'm able to actually do to earn that dollar mm. so um that was just something that i think that you know we have an opportunity to learn from that that we could demand more from our systems from our school systems our high school and elementary school systems that they're in our most malleable years that we are shaping the future of whatever the generation is going to look like if that's some garbage if we're um, not challenging them and we're creating all these fail safes to patty cake along and um you don't have to try that hard or you're not you don't have to give your best effort because you know we want to make other kids feel bad well you know piss on that man because what where do we live we live in america where um success isn't guaranteed but hey if you work your butt off you can attain some success yeah what are we teaching if everybody gets a little cut of the pie even if one guy one kid works really hard one kid doesn't work as hard that's a pretty early lesson to say well why would i try hard when we're gonna get the same thing right what's happening in oregon right now dude is it they like you they don't have standards now for math and science for sure i just saw that the other day because it was 
I don't think the CDC has standards for math and science <laughs> from, from what I, what I keep reading. So oh, it's pretty congruent. Shoot. There we go. That makes sense. The, the news doesn't have congruency for math and science, right? Yep. Dr. Fauci yep. doesn't have congruency for math or science. So, no, you know, well, it, it trickles down. It trickles down. And one thing to your point too, that I think we saw a lot of in previous generations was let's say there's, circumstances of where you were where you started off as you know um dishwasher i i still see it all the time even like watching you can watch like gordon ramsay's like kitchen nightmares which like to be said they're still trying to work but people would start as a dishwasher and then end up buying the restaurant and owning the restaurant or like something like that and i have sure. a couple of patients in here who started for instance um as like line workers in factory never went to school and now they're part of corporate and like making more money than they did on the line which you to your point like yeah unemployment is nice for sure because you don't have to do anything to make money but if you go after it and become a craftsman and do things you can make even more money than being on unemployment what society are we are we building up yeah which wolf are we feeding right now Mm -hmm. it ain't the strong one Right. At least, at least a select few of us are, are, but but not everybody. Yeah. One thing I like that Andy always highlights is that like this is an opportunity for we're living this time. It's an opportunity for a lot yes, of people right. that want to put work in to gain ground. Gain right. so much ground. So many people that are just so much ground right now, dude. And especially too when like you put work in now when it's hard when mm-hmm. nobody you know, has this expectation there literally their expectation is just that you show up. They might not even expect you to do that, but great of a job because they don't have anybody. But you can solidify yourself as a leader. I, and I've been harping on this a lot on my social media stuff. Just the lack of congruency in our leadership right now is appalling. It's appalling. Demand more from the people that represent us to, at the highest the highest platform. Right. If our elected officials aren't doing their job, let them know, right? Let them know. I'm damn sure if I wasn't washing those dishes, I was getting let. They were letting me know pretty damn <laughs> quick that, hey, this dish is dirty as hell. Well, hey, man, this system's dirty as hell. Like, let them know. You guys are quiet. You you know, uh, speaking of my own state, Iowa representatives have been awfully quiet. And um, I've been trying to share some stuff on my page. I've gave some uh, less than voicemails because, of course, they're not going to answer. But, you know, demand more, demand more from your, your city council, right? Let them, Hey, I'm pissed that our governor or our representatives are doing this. I know you're going to have a better chance of reaching out to them and contacting them than I will. And if everybody can do that with their city council, you have everybody's city council reaching out to representatives in their state, then we can actually start to get to the bottom of stuff. Because if they're not hearing back, then, Hey, there's an issue. Mm -hmm. Yep. But. We don't want to be involved. We just want to sit back, watch our sports, and you know there ain't going to be none of that if we don't speak up right now. Yeah, for well, sure. for the things that we need to fight for. Yeah, don't get sedated. Don't get comfortable because uh, when you get comfortable, that's when they, they pull the old okie doke on us, like they did in twenty twenty. Because you know, it, I mean, the writing's been on the wall for how long, man? That like, you know, America is this great country, and we have all these great ideals, but our education slipping, our 
you know, we, we produce 75% of the world's drugs and we take, you know, 80% of them or whatever, right? Like, but we're the least healthy first world nation on the planet or something, you know, whatever the statistics truly are. And I know they're not good. I don't have them off the top of my head. You fact check me, whatever. But angry. Well, the writing's been on the wall. They, they're not. They're not top notch, and that's all we need to know because we ain't winning. Right. And who's the fault? Well, you know, there's a couple fingers to be pointed, but the first one should, you should really start with is yourself. Am I doing the things I need to do? Right on. I am. Cool. Now I can start looking around. All right. Can I demand more from people that represent me? Are they doing what they need to do? Perfect. Who's representing them? And then you know, we're all in the same ocean. We can elevate, we elevate um, the ocean for everybody, all boats rise, right? So um, just demand more if you're truly putting that work in. Yeah. I like what you just said. When we, what did you say? When we fill the ocean more, all boats rise or what, what was that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because we're all in the, we're all floating through life on the same body of water. And if we can elevate the water for everybody, we're all going to rise. So all boats rise. That's what uh, Dr. Pam Jarbo would, would say yeah. to me is that we're going around to other business in our area. We're on the same team, right? We're, we're all in the same water right now. And if I can do a little bit to help uh, raise the, the sea level, right, for all of us, then we're all going to win. We're all going to succeed from that. Yep. And the truth of the matter is that's the – we're all on planet Earth, and we're all on the same. We're on the same damn team. Um, some of our teams are a little bit more local than others, and we have to start with our local teams. And when we can do that, we can raise others around us. Uh, our community can impact other communities. Yep. I just really think it starts with yourself, though. I mean, everybody says that, and it's true. Starts with, starts with ourselves reading 33 principles two times a day for 33 days. Out loud. Out loud. If you know no, no substitutions, no ifs and or buts, because that's I what you say in the first place. Nope. Nope. Not 32 days. Nope. Not one time. Not a one day. out loud. Not one out loud. One out, one uh, in your head. <laughs> Do them out loud. It could be a All whisper. Loud. But there's a certain activation. I mean, as we learn, man, the brain's complex and we can activate different parts of our brain when we're um, doing something substantial like that, the, re the retention rate's going to be a lot higher. So uh, that's intentional too. Start now. Right on. Um, good fighters, if you're putting in those, those rounds, we'd love to hear about it. I know we say it a lot, but uh, you can always reach out to us at the underscore good underscore fight underscore ers on our Instagram page, our youtube page um love to hear about those rounds you're putting in and we definitely appreciate you and align with you for for putting the the work in that good fight because it takes all of us to win that good fight let's go right we'll appreciate y'all for tuning in uh dr gates and i'll be back here real soon we got some uh real exciting guests coming up on season three and uh, look forward to drop that in for y'all catch y'all later